0: Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. Our hope is to fill you with the light and life that are found in Jesus so you can shine in the world around you. A great next step if you'd like to grow in your faith is connecting to a community. We would love to help you connect at Momentum. For more information, visit MomentumSanDiego.com. Again, that's MomentumSanDiego.com. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, It was way too cheesy to be true. It could not have been actually happening in my life. Some of you know a Christmas story. Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. He wanted more than anything in the world to have a Red Ryder BB gun. I was about 12 years old. I had my eyes set on but one Christmas prize. I had to have a Benjamin .177 pellet gun. Not your Red Ryder with the one pump where you gotta arc the bullet. I mean, I wanted to put something on a frozen rope and shoot something, you know, okay, um, enough on that. Uh, but, but I had opened every single Christmas present under the tree, and I had seen the movie. You know, the dad, he surprised, Ralphie he opens everything, and, and then there, there's no BB gun, and then at the end, the dad goes, hey, check behind the couch. There I was, 12 years old, going, this is a I, You know, I'm trying to be grateful and a gracious kid, but I didn't get one. the one thing, I had made it clear, I had wanted, I had opened everything, there's wrapping paper everywhere, and I finally just kind of let out a breath. And then my dad says, hey Matt, what's that behind the dresser? I was like, you scoundrel! And I open a box about this long, no words need to be exchanged. I almost shed a tear and I had gotten the BB gun I had so badly wanted. And I'll tell you something, it was more than a gift to me in that moment. You know, honestly, it was, it was a special gesture because my mom didn't go to the store and pick out that BB gun. That was my dad's project. And there was something about opening that box that made My Father's love visible to me. Guys, we're doing our Bring Life Christmas give. We've challenged everyone. Our goal is participation 47-47, but don't miss the heart underneath this whole project. It is to make the love of the Father visible to our community. In our city, there are people who are going to miss meals tonight. In our city, there are children growing up in chaotic homes and they do not know what's happening. In our city, there are families nurturing sick children who are just looking for a break. In our city, there are war veterans and combat veterans with PTSD trying to find a place to look for hope. This year's Christmas Conspiracy Big Give will be our way of making the Father's love visible to each and one of each and every one of those people in our community. 4747 that will bring life to the world around us. Look at me now. Okay, front row college kids. I know 47 47 is a stretch, except for when you guys need to go to a concert, travel the world, or buy whatever the heck else you're into. But, anyways, but, anyways, um, some of you 47 47 is a stretch. And, and listen, I want it to stretch you. I want it to be a challenge for you. I want it to be a sacrifice. If you've never even like maybe you've never even like given to a church before because you heard bad things happen when people, I, I want you to give to this because it's not to this church, it's to our community and people in need. Some of you can blow that out of the water. You could, you, you could do 47-47 and not even notice next week. I want you to blow that out of the water. I want you to give. Hey, listen, if you're one of those tax people and you already know like tax days coming and you got everything balanced and you're like this much is left and we got to give this. So we're in that. I don't, I'm not as clever as you, but if you're one of those people and you're trying to balance it all and you need something, give it to this. This is the one time a year I can say, this has nothing to do with me. I am contending for people in our city. Just, Just do this, okay? And we will give it to people in Jesus name and bless them. That's what Bring Live Christmas Give is all about. Oh my gosh, we we haven't even gotten to the good, stuff. you wait for Jesus revealed. Um, We'll play one more video. I'm gonna make sure my notes don't shut off while we're doing this. Check this out, grab your note sheet. We're diving in in just a second. Let's go. back so my favorite Christmas memory maybe you could think of yours is a no-brainer because believe it or not, there was a moment better than the pellet gun moment. I was at 513 McGregor at my grandmother's house. I was about 14 years old. It was a cold Christmas Eve in the Midwest. There was snow falling. Uh, We were supposed to be at my grandmother's probably around noon like we usually were. I was ready at 10 a.m. and there was one reason I was ready. There was one reason I was standing at the door ready saying, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Because that was one of the maybe one or two times a year that I got to go and hang out with my older cousin, Brad. Brad was my first hero. First guy I looked up to. He was quite a bit older than me and and he was just far enough ahead of me where I just thought this guy was everything. He was so cool. He just oozed cool. Every holiday the family would be gathered around Brad and either laughing hysterically at some story he was telling or hanging on to every word of this guy's life because uh, the dude just could spit on the ground and it turned to money. He was successful, good looking, charismatic, the whole thing. So naturally I wanted to be like Brad. Everything. I was crying in the gears, tearing up the roads and the Jeep at the same time. But it was everything to me. I could relive that moment a thousand times. Brad would later pass away and die young. I actually have that Jeep right now, and it's parked outside. But that day and that moment would be the moment for me. What were your favorite traditions? What were the things you guys gathered around as a family every year? We were a real Christmas tree family, not the fake Christmas tree family, because it just felt weird to assemble something and fold out the plastic branches until we realized that it's not a good thing to have sap and needles all over your house, and if you get the can of the right spray, you can just spray it underneath there. So we made the switch. Were you a real Christmas tree family? Were you an artificial Christmas tree family? Were you an elf-on-the-shelf family? Were you a make-the-cookies family? Were you a go-serve-someone family? What was your tradition? What were your Faith traditions, you guys? Did you have parents that dressed you up like a shepherd and made you walk out in front of the rest of the church? Did you read a Christmas story together? Did you go serve people? Have you given away presents to a family in need on Christmas? What are your favorite Christmas verses and scriptures? Is it the angels? Is it showing up to Mary? And her saying, may it be as you have said, I am the Lord's servant. What is your favorite Christmas memory? I start here because I make a challenge to you this morning. I challenge you to find one memory, one time, one moment, where you heard Simeon mentioned in any Christmas thing ever, right? Where's my Simeon people at, right? There are none because nobody knows. Simeon gets no play. Here's the thing. We're diving into this man's life, and mathematically this doesn't make sense to me. Because Simeon is a key player in the Christmas story. Matter of fact, I counted this week. Uh, the wise men get 12 verses in the Christmas scene. The, the, the shepherds, they get 13 verses in the Christmas scene. Simeon gets 14 verses, and we skipped right over him in the Christmas scene. No lines in the pageant, no Christmas sign like Simeon. Yeah, uh, uh. I don't know how it would go. There's no Simeon song. I don't sing at this church. It's the best thing I can do to promote church, church health. Um, but there's no Simeon songs. There's no story. Simeon got robbed. He did. Man, you dive into his story. You see, Jesus revealed to him and to us, and oh man, did this man get it. And some Christmas books, Christmas plays, and pageants and songs should probably be rewritten. You get his story, and I'll walk fast, so here we go. Starting in Luke 2, 22 through 24, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses. Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, if you're trying to put Simeon in our Christmas timeline and figure out where he fits, think after shepherds before wise men, okay? So if you had your nativity scene, you ever notice that you never put the shepherds and the wise men together for some reason? You don't mix them up. They have their own sides. Well, you could put Simeon right there in the middle, in front. Um, As a matter of fact, we know specifically, Jesus is 40 years old right now. Or 40 years, oh my gosh, not 40 years. That would be weird. That doesn't make sense. That's heresy, okay? Erase, erase, erase. That's not how the Bible goes. I retract the previous statement. Jesus is 40 days old. Because this specific ritual and law commanded by Moses was something that a family carried out when the baby was just 40 days old. There we go. And think about this for a moment. I know like 15 people in this church had babies recently. You think it's stress, go back to baby number one for you. And if you can remember the stress of having to buckle your child into that seat for the first time. You remember that? I broke a sweat the first time I even got the seat lodged in the car. And then you get this baby, our first baby was born in winter, it was cold. So they, they sell this whole apparatus that bundles around the baby and you buckle the baby. Then we buckle the baby and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if she's gonna make it home cause she's got like this little hole for air to come out. So we take out the thing and throw it away and then the baby's in, but now it's loose. So you just cinch everything down, you say a prayer and you drive the baby home. You think that's stressful? Be merry for a minute, okay, ladies? Now, I'm not trying to be crude, but she had a baby 40 days prior. Then hopped on the back of a mule and rode 40 days with the Son of God in her arms. they get to Jerusalem where these purification rites are going to take place in the temple. And it says this, Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Highlight those, underline them. I can't talk about them right now. Not enough time. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. Two big things to realize here. I always thought Simeon was a fixture in the temple. I thought he belonged there. No, no. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that the Savior was coming, and he just rolled into the scene by the Holy Spirit. So Simeon is a Pentecostal brother, he's the kind of brother who brings his own tambourine to church. And it's revealed to him in some encounter with the Holy Spirit that the Lord is coming. He's going to be in the temple. (laughs) I'm still thinking about the tambourine. And he's going to be in the temple. Simeon rolls in, just walks right in the scene. He wasn't supposed to be there that day. He didn't have a temple pass. He just shows up at baby dedication. You think that's weird? Listen to this. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. How's that for baby dedication? Okay, that's not happening at this church, right? Can we just, if you're expecting new mom, can I just say, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. Okay, you, you roll into our baby dedication and grab the child and go, I have seen somebody's choking you. We got MMA fighters at this church. You're going unconscious you're getting tased at the door. Okay. We're not doing that at baby dedication, but Mary and Joseph, they've already had a weird year. So they're like, well, that's about right. This guy grabs a child, goes, I have seen the Lord's salvation. Here you go, mom. And oh, by the way, a sword's going to pierce your soul. All right, out. We never see Simeon again. And that happened. And what's going on here and what do we see Jesus revealed in this passage? Number one, in your notes, if you're a note taker, you could just write this down. Before salvation came great sacrifice. I'm not even talking about the sacrifice of the cross. I'm talking about all the sacrifice that happened on that Christmas moment. I'm talking about the first 40 days of Jesus' life are of sacrifice for 50 sermons. Think on this. He he comes, he's Jesus, he's Lord, and yet he subjects himself to all of the Lord's commandments in Scripture. He doesn't take a pass. He doesn't sidestep everything and go, hey, I'm the Lord, y'all obey that stuff, I'll be over here, grab me some grapes. No, he submits himself. He steps in to gritty, grimy humanity because of the love of God for you and for me. He doesn't just subject himself to the Lord's laws. He subjects himself to the laws of nature like gravity and decay. He subjects himself to hard work, to toil, to bloody knuckles, thorns, and thistles. He subjects himself to the wounds that are inevitable when you walk this earth to the pain of lost loved ones, to wounds from words, abandonment, abuse. Jesus walked in it. He left heaven and walked in gritty, grimy humanity. And don't, don't get heaven twisted. I say heaven, don't just go harps and choirs. Heaven will be more splendid than you could ever imagine. It is a perfect place of light and life, peace. There's no cancer, no anxiety, no insecurity. You feel more than enough in every cell of your body, wrapped in perfect love, unhindered, and everything that God made you to be. Jesus was there and stepped into this so he could save you and me. Don't miss that. Philippians 2 is one of the greatest passages on this, and we forget just how gritty this is. This is often spiritualized and almost romanticized. Philippians 2 is gritty. Have the same mindset. As Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant that is scandalous, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and be, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. One of the greatest sports stories in American history, happened between Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese. You could show the photo. Jackie, as you probably know, was the first African American player in MLB, trailblazer, pioneer, and American hero. And he is in his first season with the Dodgers at their second ever away stand in Cincinnati. And people who were there told you you could almost feel the hatred and the racism in the stands. Jackie's playing first and so right behind him there is a crowd that's doing everything they can to scare him, intimidate him, and ultimately their goal is to make him quit. They throw things at him, shout every racist slur they can. It's so loud, the players can hardly hear one another. And in the middle of the game, Reese walks away from his position, shortstop. No one knows where he's going. You see him point his shoulders at first, right where Jackie's standing, he walks over puts his arm around Jackie, just stands next to him, and says, oh, if you're in this, I'm in it too. You later hear Robinson tell stories of this moment being the very moment he decided he wasn't going to quit. But even more importantly, Reese left the place of comfort stand in the place of pain, the Lord Jesus Christ did the same for you. Did you catch this line? Verse 22 says, when the time for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what was said the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Think on this. The law actually didn't require doves and pigeons. The law required a lamb that was a year old, but the law made a provision saying, if you can't afford the lamb, two pigeons or two doves is okay. I love this about my Savior. He was not born into royalty when he sat comfortably insulated from all of the pain that's out there. God didn't take Jesus, set him in the upper middle class where he could exist comfortably with everything okay all the time and miss out on all the pain. Jesus was born into a family that waited till the first and 15th to pay their bills. And I like that in a savior. I like a a football coach when, when the linemen can't figure out how to make their blocks. He puts down the clipboard, takes off the whistle, says, stand across from me, son, and gets in his three Because this baby would grow into a lord and king, causing the rise and fall of many in Israel. Do you know what that means? It means this baby would grow. And he would grow to become a savior, but also a king. And he would say, if you want to belong to me, you die to yourself. If you want to be mine, it's not about you anymore. It's about me. You want to be mine. Jesus becomes the leader and we are the followers. You want to belong to Jesus. He is the master and we are the apprentices. Can I ask you which Jesus you see when you see Jesus? Oh, because there is a difference. And there will be a day when the games are done. And when you see Jesus, which you will, he will not be in the manger anymore. Which Jesus do you see? Three in your notes is simply this, Jesus is salvation revealed. I love this. Verse 29, 30 are why Simeon should be placed in the Christmas Hall of Fame. Come on, hang his picture on the wall because Luke two twenty nine, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Oh, Simeon, got it. See, I want you to know something. Simeon wasn't looking forward to seeing a person like you and I would look forward. I don't know who that person is for you. Like, who would you see? Seriously, think in your head. Who would you see before you, are you a LeBron? Uh, Are you Beyonce? Are you some other historical figure? Uh, I am a preaching, I'm a nerd, you guys. I'm a preaching nerd. Uh, If I could meet anybody, it would be a pastor. It would be for me. Don't make fun of me. It would just be the Bishop T.D. Jakes. That is my guy. I liked his preaching before I liked Jesus. I would imagine if God preached a sermon, it would sound an awful lot like when T.D. Jakes preaches a sermon. He's a good leader. He's been faithful. He's wise. He's in scripture, the whole thing. I got it all worked out in my head. We're going to grab a steak dinner one time. At some. some the, the guy looks like he knows a good restaurant. I'm not going to lie. And so we'd be there having a steak dinner, and he's <laughs> And he's like, no offense, Bishop Jakes, but I'm just saying we would be there. And and my number is 502, no, I'm just kidding. and we would be there and would be like, I'd be asking him all these questions about the church and preaching. He'd be like, wow, Matt, you're pretty cool. We should hang out more. I'm like, I know, man, I've been waiting for this day. And, and so we'd have steak and bananas foster afterwards. And then I'd be like, all right, thank you so much for your time. And he'd be like, Matt, one thing. And he would grab me by the shoulders and he would be like, everything I have, I give to you. And I'd, be, and I'd have this deep voice all of a sudden. I'm like, I don't know. I just met T.D. Jakes and the rest was his history. Here I am. And, um, Okay, sorry. That, I mean, that was free right there, okay? So now, too much information. But, but um, Simeon wasn't waiting to meet a person. He was longing to see the initiation of God's great rescue plan. He didn't say, my eyes have seen some flesh and some blood that are infant age, about 40 days. He goes, I am looking at Salvation itself. Jesus is salvation. He is our rescue. What does Jesus rescue us from? The answer is really simple. Sin, sorrow, and death. There was this, there's this, um, more nerdy preacher stories, but humor, mean, um, Southern preacher, um, Adrian Sampson big tall dude always wore a suit just handsome as the day is long kind and and he would travel and, and he would fly and to just evangelize talk to people around him about his faith he had this move every single time he would take his Bible out okay this is the 60s so he would not he would take his Bible out he would take his Bible out and just lay it on the tray table when, one of them big Bibles you know what I'm talking about like and, and every now and then he'd get somebody to buy it and they'd go, how uh, do you read that thing? And you go, oh, easy. There's only three problems in the world. Sin, sorrow, and death. And this talks about all of them. And you just go back to reading. And over and over again, it worked so perfectly. Because about halfway through the flight, people would turn back to him and they'd be like, I've been trying to think of something that doesn't have to do with sin, sorrow, and death. And there really are. That is really it. That's the only problems. And I've been thinking about it too, and he's right. That's it. And Jesus is our rescue for every single one. Billy Graham used to talk about sin, and and he would just simply say, it is a disease that has plagued humanity for every generation, and there is one remedy. He would say, how come... Every single generation has seen racism, war, exploitation, and abuse of power. Where else would that come from? And why can't we get rid of it? And it's not just out there, it's in here too. It's in the destructive choices we make. It's in relationships that have just crumbled families that are separated, and in the self-destructive decisions we continue to make over and over and over again. And Jesus is our only rescue because here we are in 2019 with all kinds of technological advances, scientific advances, yet no one has taken care of sin because Jesus is the only one who can do it. I mean sin, we deserve to be punished and under Jesus we have forgiveness and we are new, but I mean the sin that lays hold of our hearts and causes us to fall into all kinds of chaos. Jesus breaks the grip of sin on our lives. There's sorrow, in chaos, anxiety, mental affliction, wounds from words, abandonment, illness, I've not met one person who doesn't have some major form of pain that they are dealing with or have dealt with. Can I tell you, Jesus is the only rescue from sorrow. Because when you deal with real sorrow, you don't need somebody to explain it to you. Well, there's this verse, or you know, God, to no. No, when you are when you're dealing with pain, you know what you need more than anything? You need hope. And when you belong to Jesus, a spiritual promise comes to rest on your life that he will take everything that happens to you and work it out for your good. And the last one is death. I heard a commenter say recently, one of the most taboo topics in our culture is to actually talk about death. You're not going to sell a lot of eps or develop a lot of followers if you're like, "Hey, who wants to chat death?" But it is a reality that no one escapes. And it is not fun to think about the idea that I and you will one day wither. The strength will fade and there will be a bed if you're lucky and maybe one or two people and some machinery and you will breathe your last. Not fun, not cute. Not fun to take a pop star like Bieber or Ariana Grande and go, yeah, all of that right now is going to amount to this. A room, a bed, some machinery, and one last breath. But it's reality. We don't like it because it makes us think about the day that that will someday be true for us. And... Jesus is our rescue. He said, whoever believes in me, though they perish, they will not die. What does that mean? In Christ, your sins are forgiven. Your past is removed. The end of life here simply becomes a transition into eternal life with God. Let me ask you a question. Is this your Christmas? is this your Christmas? My son is three. Um, If you guys like Enneagram, it's his personality test. We don't have to wonder. Bear is a seven. You know a seven, it's like one to nine. We'll talk about it later. You know a seven when everything they see is the most amazing thing they've ever seen. So bear can roll into any, it, oh my gosh, it's Every store that has like a train, a nativity scene, a blow up Santa, it's Christmas. Oh my gosh, it's Christmas. It's dad. It, where he's young, we go to Lowe's all the time. He doesn't even follow me around the store. I can tell where he is. Dad, it's Christmas. He hasn't learned it yet. Snoopy isn't Christmas, this is Christmas. Christmas is our Lord and Savior leaving his comfort, stepping in to gritty humanity, why? So we could overcome sin, sorrow, and death. So what do do? you do, what do I want you to go out the door, what do you take from this? It's simple. When you think of Christmas, think of Christmas. I hope to just create an association in you this holiday season. When you walk into the store and the nativity and the lights and the thing, when you drive through the neighborhood and the guy's got the giant Santa waving at you, when you see the whatever the heck the thing is, the tree, the lights, the whatever, I just pray that through it all, You could see Christmas. I pray that through it all, you would just grab a hold of the love of God for you. He loves you as He found you, He stepped in so you could live. You know what else I would love for you to do with this? If you've not made a decision, to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I would love for you to do that. I, I would love for your Christmas to be December 12th or December 15th, 2019. Yeah, it's the 25th, but I would love for yours to be today. Because here's the deal, we're a journey church and like, you don't have to believe in Jesus to come here. You can journey with Jesus. You don't have to have all your sins worked out. But but please do not miss this. There has to become a moment when you respond to God's invitation. You get this, right? Like, you're not in through casual association. Following Jesus doesn't work like, oh, you know, when you follow someone on your phone, and I'm just kind of looking and observing. No, Jesus Christ asks you to have a moment where you place your faith in him. And you can make today that moment. The scripture is clear. It says, repent and be baptized. Repent is to turn your life over to God. Baptism is this beautiful celebration, a new life, so deep, so rich, and so spiritual, so meaningful. And together, that's what being in with Jesus is. So we're gonna have an opportunity for you to make this day your Christmas. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer where you can handle that repent part right now and begin your journey with him. When you say yes to Christ, I'm in, I want you, I need you. In an instant, your sins are forgiven. In an instant, he comes beside you and promises to turn your pain into hope and says you will be with him in eternity. So here's what we're doing. It's the 15th, but we're just gonna have our Christmas moment right now. I would love for you to close your eyes. I would love for this not to be about who you came with, what's going on right now, what's happened in your life up to this point. I'd love to offer you a moment where you can respond and have a moment where you say yes to Jesus. So quietly, this is, this is just you and Christ, quietly and casually, if you'd like to say yes to him, you can just take a hand and put it where, in the air where you are and I wanna lead you in a prayer. You go ahead and raise a hand, there you go. And in your mind, in your heart, just make this prayer your own. Jesus, I'm saying yes. I want what you have for me. I wanna follow you. And today I turn from doing it on my own. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I trust you. You can put your hand down. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, we got some you can open your eyes. We got some people who began their journey today. Today was a Christmas. Um for you um you've got a whole family around you that has your back. You have started a journey, and we would love to help you take next steps in that journey. So um, you got a connection card; you could just write, "Hey, I gave my life today," and we would just pray for you and follow up with you. Love to figure out how to be in your corner, um, guys. Uh, we got one more week. We got more Jesus revealed. Uh, you may have saw this on our. Uh, Christmas with Momentum deal. Just so you know the heart behind it, it's one one night, one family, one service. Um, We're not going to exhaust our teams trying to do a million things. A week from today, Sunday night at 6 p.m. right here, it's really cool. We get to worship in the dark one time a year. Um, We're going to have one service together as a family, hot chocolate, candy canes, Jesus. Um, It's going to be a great moment. Uh, Then we will be on break for a week and be right here at the beginning of the next year. I love you guys. I will see you here at 6 p.m. next week. Have a great week. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and download the Momentum app from your app store. See you next week.